The reading is in Luke chapter 24 and beginning at verse 1. That's on page 1061 in the Church Bibles. Luke 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away wondering to himself what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this glorious new morning, this new Easter morning. Pray that the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all of our hearts will be pleasing to you today. Amen. So happy Easter. Isn't it wonderful to welcome so many new people to the family of Christ this morning? It's a great way to start the day. Now, it seems to me that all families have their own little quirky ways. I'm sorry about those members of my family that are here, but I'm going to embarrass you yet again. Because one of our little quirky ways, occasionally, is to tease each other by speaking in song lyrics. So when I said earlier in the week, I just don't know where to begin, someone helpfully replied, let's start at the very beginning because it's a very good place to start. When you read, you begin with A, B, C. When you sing, you begin with Do, Re, Mi. Now, fans of The Sounds of Music will be relieved to know I'm not going to recite the whole song. But it did get me thinking, because sometimes I fear that we don't start Easter Day in quite the right place. In some households, Easter is simply about chocolate. Did you know that according to the nice people at NatWest, 
In the UK, we annually spend in excess of 220 million pounds on chocolate. And 10% of that will have been spent just this weekend. Awesome. Eggs are a symbol of new life, and they've long been associated with Easter. In 1873, the very first chocolate Easter egg was made by the Fry's Chocolate Company in Bristol. I think they did a really good thing there. They've really caught on. Because apparently, according to Nat West again, the average child in the UK will consume 8.8 eggs this weekend. Ooh. That is quite a thought, isn't it? Now, I am a great fan of chocolate, ask my children, but I am sure there's more to Easter than chocolate eggs. As our reading from Luke reminds us, the first Easter day did not begin as a celebration. Poor Mary, exhausted and torn by the pain of loss, yet unable to sleep, set out before it was fully light. She headed with her friends towards the tomb where Jesus' body had lain for the last 36 hours, safely encased in a cave, carved out of the rock face and sealed with a huge stone. Their intention was to honor Jesus by suitably preparing his body for burial with ointment and spices. It was a last act of love, traditional in the Jewish culture at the time. But I'm sure they were weighed down more by their thoughts than by the bundles of spices that they carried. How could things have gone so badly wrong? How could it be that the one who loved so much in life could have been scourged to such a hate fueled end. They reached the tomb and they were perplexed by what they found. Or perhaps, I really ought to say, they were perplexed by what they didn't find because Jesus' body was not there. The huge gravestone had been rolled away and the body they had expected to lavish with care was gone. I wonder how long it took them to pluck up the courage to look inside. I wonder what emotions they felt as they stood there. Confusion, fear, anger. I think it's fair to say that sometimes life is not as straightforward as we plan it to be. On this occasion, we have the benefit of hindsight we know it'll be all right in the end. But Mary and her companions had nothing to help them interpret the scene they found in that garden tomb. Miserable though they were, they had thought they had the situation contained. They would get there early and express their grief in this final act of service to their Lord. But his body just wasn't there. In fact, there was nothing there except the strips of cloth in which he had been wrapped. The first Easter morning seemed to be going from bad to worse. 
So she didn't see the men enter, the ones with gleaming white clothes, and fell on her face to the dirt, no doubt collapsed in complete terror. Have you ever felt you just wished you could wake up from what feels like a terrible dream? I bet Mary did that morning. But then in God's good time, something changed. The man spoke words that were to Mary like water in a desert. Words that she didn't understand, but she truly longed to believe with all of her battered heart. He is not here. He has risen. How could that be true? She had seen him die with her own two eyes, sore with crying at the foot of his cross. But the dazzling men recalled Jesus' own words. Had he not told them that it would happen? Check it out, if you like, later in Luke 19. Uh, sorry, 9, Luke 9. Yes, they said, Jesus was alive. He's risen from the dead. And so began a new journey of hope for Mary, tentative and unsure at first. She ran to tell others what she knew. She shared her testimony with those closest to her. Now they were skeptical and unbelieving at first. Women, you see, were not thought to be very reliable witnesses in those days. And it was, after all, when you think about it, a preposterous suggestion. However, many things we take for granted in the 21st century were thought outlandish and silly when they were first reported. Motor cars and airplanes, TVs, mobile phones, traveling to the moon, to name but a few. Easter dares to tell us something that we didn't expect. This was not at all the way Mary had envisaged the day unfolding, but what a wonderful turn of events. Words that she had forgotten Jesus had even said turned out to be true. He had risen from the dead. It was a new beginning, not only for her, but for generations to come. Once again, it's Jesus' teaching that makes life make sense. He had taught that he must die before rising again to new life for the salvation of us all. Before the event, no one understood what he said. Luke ends his gospel with this account of a new beginning, the beginning of the Christian church. Baptism, too, celebrates a new beginning, a new beginning for baby Daniel right at the start of his life, and a fresh start for Guy, Louise, Wendy and Sarah as they reaffirm their baptismal vows. And how special to do it on Easter Day itself. The change itself happened in their hearts long ago, but today, in front of us all, they've chosen to make this outward sign of a private agreement that they have with God in their hearts. Just as Mary, on that first Easter Day, made a journey from sadness through grief and confusion, possibly also anger and fear, towards hope and a new beginning. So have Daniel, Guy, Louise, Wendy and Sarah begun a new journey. They've spoken in their testimony so movingly of the journeys they've been on, 
As Guy said, moving along with Jesus. Sometimes life gets very confused and for all sorts of reasons we can find ourselves very far away from where we thought we would be. Very far away from where we'd like to be. As Mary did in our reading, they have returned to the words of Jesus himself. They've stopped, taken stock, and decided to realign themselves with God's word and to recommit themselves to following him, to begin, as it were, a new life in Christ. John's gospel has lots to say about that. He says those who start again in this way, who begin again, believing in Jesus, become like children of God. It's a sort of spiritual birthday. It marks the beginning of a new life as part of a new family. And as part of that new family, we all share the same family inheritance, new life in Christ. His birthday gift to us is the indwelling of his Holy Spirit, who comes into our hearts to help us live in a new way, bringing with him love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. All families have family traits that we recognize in each other to one degree or another. In the family of Christ, we call these things the fruit of the Spirit, and we can expect to see them grow in the lives of all believers, for God has given us his word that that will be so. We don't have to do it in our own strength. It's the task of the Holy Spirit, but more of that perhaps in a few weeks' time. Just as the caterpillar begins life in one form, slow and wriggling, leaf-bound and plain, through a miracle of quite unexpected proportions, he emerges from his cocoon as a beautiful, elegant butterfly. Gone is the heaviness that binds him to the leaf. With a lightness of spirit, that same creature emerges in a new form, dancing and soaring in the sunshine on his new wings, wings that have grown during his time resting in the darkness of the cocoon. What a transformation in perspective that must be. Mary began that first Easter morning with a heart weighed down with the burden of grief, only the prospect of duty and tears as her comfort to see her through the day. But she began with the wrong perspective. For Jesus was not just yesterday's headline in the Jerusalem Post, not simply a hero from the past who will be sadly missed, or someone whose wise sayings are interesting to study. Jesus is a living reality in the present, someone who, if you will let him, will change your perspective on life forever who will change your life forever. Mary's journey that morning transformed her life. She went to the tomb of a man she had loved, but what she found there was not at all what she expected, and her life would never be the same again. Instead of despair, she found hope. Instead of an end, she found a beginning, and she ran immediately to share the hope she had found with others. She was so excited, she couldn't keep it in. 
Whatever people would think of her, she wanted them to know Jesus is alive. Today is a day of celebration, of transformation, of new beginnings. For Daniel, Guy, Louise, Wendy and Sarah on the morning of their baptism and reaffirmation of baptismal vows. But also for anyone who comes to the foot of the empty cross, bringing their life to Jesus. The Son of God, who gave his life for us, is not dead. He's alive. He has risen. Alleluia.